everyone grows up, you know, is very influenced by music that they grew up listening to in like high school and college. And I feel like even for myself, there's a, like a drop-off point where you reach the end of college and it's like your music is like snapshot. It's like you aren't discovering anything (laughs) new. And for me, it was like, oh my gosh, I need to create this company just to service my own selfish need of wanting to discover new stuff that's coming out. But because it's not like I aged out, it's not like I am no longer interested in new music. It's just that the music business can't get out of its own way oftentimes to help people to discover music. They always want to play the hits. Yeah. But there's so much content coming out that's exciting and new and fresh. And like, that's kind of why I listen to music in the first place. Welcome to Making the Brand, the podcast where marketing and pop culture collide. I'm your host, Brianne Fleming. I can't wait to chat about brands, boy bands, and everything in between. Because brands who have a pulse on pop culture can create adoring fans of their own. Music and marketing are a big theme of this podcast, and that is also the theme of today's episode. I'm chatting with Nick Alt, who is the founder and CEO of Vinyl. That's V-N-Y-L, which is one of the coolest companies I've seen in a long time. So I'm going to let him tell you all about it. Welcome to the show, Nick. Well, uh, thank you. Starting me off with such a, a compliment to butter me up. Thank you, Brianne. Thanks for having <laughs> me on your podcast. I mean it. When I saw Vinyl, I was like, this is this is so cool. I hadn't seen anything like this. I know records have made a huge comeback and resurgence and your approach to it and getting more people to fall in love with vinyl and discover new music is really unique. So I'm excited to dive into all of that. Yeah, me too. I'm I'm so excited to talk about it and your 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 podcast and your platform is such a great space to to have this conversation. Thank you. Yeah, I'm happy to have you. So for those who are just turning in and hearing about vinyl for the first time, what is it and what inspired you to start it? Yeah, for sure. So vinyl, it, it goes by a couple of different names. So, you know, those in the know call it vinyl. If somebody wants to call it VNYL, we won't correct them. It's actually an acronym anyway that stands for very nice, you'll love, but it uh-huh. just also happens to be the word vinyl without the I. So yeah, yeah so it's, it's a company I founded. I had spent a number of years in the tech scene, tech businesses and whatnot, and I really wanted to to play in the music space with with something that I had been toying with for a long time, you know, predominantly influenced by my first job as a record store clerk back when music was sold as a the only format you could really get, like get it was on physical. And mm-hmm. so not to date myself, but that really kind of influenced my thinking about how people consume music and how they discover music. And I had been like thinking about this concept of for a long time of like what would happen if you knew who the customer was before they even walked in the store yeah and until the internet there wasn't really a good way to like even like conjure that but now in the age of streaming and download and all this kind of stuff you really can do so much more about knowing who your customer is. And I really subscribe to this ethos of like surprise and delight and customer experience and these really interesting things that have nothing to do with music, but all about like customer journeys and and how do you create something that people think is memorable and is very endearing. 
So when the time came, like I had an opportunity to start something new, I quickly kind of assembled a team and we started really batting around this idea of, you know, what would happen if you were curating music for a customer in a way that was very personal and reflective of what their what their profile or what they told you about themselves. And so we came up with this with this company vinyl and it it was like very very well received when we launched it. Um we even like pivoted a few times just to keep improving the experience, but it's it's been it's been some years now and I mean it continues to almost surprise and delight me with how much of a demand there is for music discovery. You would think that people know, you know, want to go into a record store, they want to go onto Amazon and they want to buy what they know and they want to buy these catalog titles and stuff. But th- there are customers as as evidenced by this company that like really appreciate people that are taking an interest in their music tastes and wanting to spend time to find them great new artists, great new bands to fall in love with. And that's really like the whole, the whole thing about the company. Yeah. It's, it's a really special experience. I mean, I love my nineties music and my tried and true artists that I always go to, but it's always a really great feeling when you discover a new song that is maybe out of your comfort zone or in a different genre and you wouldn't have expected to like it, but you feel like you've struck gold once you find that. So how does vinyl deliver on that as far as surprising and delighting? How does the business model work? Yeah, for sure. The, the great question, the, the, the business is, is so interesting because it's, I I talk about it all the time. It's really the only record store and by records, right? I mean, it's an online record store. It's the only online record store that can essentially sell or distribute a thousand copies of virtually any artist that's not even like known by virtue of us like taking the time to see what's being released i mean there's i think the light the latest stat is like a hundred thousand songs being uploaded to spotify on the daily oh, wow. like no one has enough time or lifetimes combined to listen to all this content so there has to be a way to like break through especially if the content is great even if it's subjectively great it's still great so we just have come up with this really interesting way to like find new music. If it exists on vinyl, great. If it doesn't exist on vinyl, we we help out with that. And we plug and play these really interesting releases against someone like yourself that's like really into a certain genre of music or like came up in a certain way. Like that's it's not atypical at all. Everyone grows up, you know, is very influenced by music that they grew up listening to in like high school and college. And True. I feel like even for myself, there's a like a drop off point where you reach the end of college and it's like your music is like snapshot. It's like you aren't discovering anything new. And for me, it was like, oh my gosh, I need to create this company just to service my own selfish need of wanting to discover new stuff that's coming out. But because it's not like I aged out. It's not like I am no longer interested in new music. It's just that the music business can't get out of its own way oftentimes to help people to discover music. They always want to play the hits. Yeah, But there's so much content coming out that's exciting and new and fresh. And like, that's kind of why I listen to music in the first place. So if it happens to be on a vinyl record as an album, that's phenomenally cool. Yeah. Um, and you take so the yeah. guesswork out of it and you you provide these vinyls to people on a, on a monthly basis to your members. That's a fun experience. Yeah. It shows up on their doorstep and they have this shiny new record to listen to that you curated just for them. So even as a customer, 
it makes them excited to turn on their record player and actually go through those motions and and listen to it with their friends and yeah who doesn't love surprises yeah, really, on their get, doorstep <laughs> i mean that's like the coolest part right like i mean it's also there's so many intentional moments in, in this business of like in the age of amazon if i get one more craft colored cardboard box on my doorstep right <laughs> I yeah. don't know what I'm going to do. So like our box, our box is like, a, is hot pink and, yes. uh, you know, completely unapologetic that we're sending you music. And when you open it up, it's like all these little things, all these little subtle things. It's like you have a pen pal almost. Somebody has packaged this order. We write you this elaborate handwritten note that explains what we've selected for you this month. Like it's all, it's all just like very intentional. It's like you have a friend who works in a record store and you know we're not we're definitely not discounting like going to a record store and like having that experience for yourself but it it is like having a pen pal it's like somebody's going to send you new music and you're going to be able to discover something that more likely than not has has not been in your discover weekly or has not been serviced up in your for you category yeah. on streaming and what a great way to treat yourself too, just to have something that's for you, something that you can look forward to every month, yeah. to know that you're going to enjoy new music. I think we all deserve that. We all work really hard. Why not treat yourself and, and get some new music delivered? I know. So. Yeah. What, like what a, what a, like a, what a fun pastime of like discovering new music. You're not going to go to the record store and you're going to take a risk on a 30, $40 record that you've never heard. Right. Mm -hmm. But in this instance, it's so, it's like, you can trust us because we are like paying attention to what you're listening to. We're not like pulling records out of thin air for you. Yeah. And we're, we're like actually intentionally sending you something where it's like the price point is so reasonable yeah. that you're getting to discover this stuff and adding to your collection and just having some like interesting subject matter to react to, especially if like vinyl is part of your, your routine or part of your, your space. For sure. Do you exclusively send new music or do you ever send some classics that if you think people will, will like them or is it all just brand new artists? Oh, no, we, de yeah, we definitely mix, we mix and match. Yeah. Some people are very like into specific eras of music. So we, we have no shortage of those types of releases. Even if they're like a catalog release, you probably don't, you probably didn't discover. I mean, knows certain classic titles, but there's always like deep cuts or albums that were perfectly great and by no fault of their own they just wrong place in time didn't didn't sell a million copies we have interesting releases like that and then you have you have artists that are very good at like amalgamating these sounds and bringing kind of like old influences and in, into this new sound and it's not like everything is just super synthesized pop like radio has become you yeah. can still you still have like these really interesting artists that are putting out new content but it sounds like it's maybe out of a different era. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of depth there. So I would love to know why have you? Why do you think we as a society are falling back in love with with vinyl? Why have we seen this resurgence in recent years? I think it has everything. It's like one part nostalgia. We love things from the past, and we love to like be contemplative and like how we experience things and i also think it's just a function of you had an entire generation of music listeners that grew up in post physical so you maybe started your journey either maybe started with napster or with limewire 
and then evolved quickly to the iPod, (laughs) MP3. And then the music industry finally figures it out and figures out a way for all of us to pay 10 bucks a month to stream it. Yeah. And I always have said it's really, really compelling to have like a catalog of everything on your handheld device. But my problem with it or the problem that it creates is that you no longer really remember the new things you listen to because it's also ephemeral. So your yeah. discover weekly playlist, your daily mixes, unless it's stuff you've actually like liked or favorited, even stuff that I'm being in is being inserted into my playlist to discover and like hear for the first time, I may love it. But the chances of me looking at the screen or remembering the artist or who it's by is very, very low. So I think how like having an album cover, holding an album cover, the liner notes, like the experience of like how music was packaged in a, in a pretty like long period is still very relevant. And I think vinyl is like a really, I'm, I'm as shocked as the next guy that vinyl is like the format that everyone is obsessed with. Mm -hmm. But I I don't think that's ultimately what matters. It matters that like, the experience of music is different and that it you can like have it have it in your space like it's part of your collection it can be thoughtful and less ephemeral yeah and i think a lot of us have those fond memories of unpacking whether it's a cd or or a cassette tape or a, a vinyl record you're right there's like something magical that happens when you can go through and look at all the photos and and read the lyrics line by line it's a really great experience so i love that what you're doing at vinyl is sparking that magic again sparking that nostalgia and like you said helping those new artists and those songs that you like that you you kind of heard once but you you get lost along the way and can't find them again you i mean for lack of a a better metaphor i kind of think of vinyl as like stitch fix for music in a way like you're like our our music stylist you tell us what we're gonna like but we don't have to think about it and we still get to experience the joy of finding things that we like, but you you do it for us, so it's it's really great. Yeah, thank you. I think that's a that's a really good analogy. I mean, it's like you 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 have people style your clothing and like kind of help you based on matching up what you perceive is your style or your look. I mean, music can act and feel the same way. I mean, I mean, music is very subjective. So, yeah. like, I don't want to pretend like every single record we send in a box is just a banger and like 10 out of 10 but it's like if you're into music discovery you know that music is subjective and that you know it's it's just like having a conversation with your friend in the car and playing a playlist of things and you like some of it and it's like oh i just hipped you to this cool band I, you know it's like yeah. i never i never would have found out about so and so had this person not been playing it on that road trip like that's that's what we're going for that's the vibe so yeah I love it. I think you deliver on exactly that. It's so fun. So let's talk about music discovery. How have you seen our habits in music discovery change over the past decade? I know for me, I kind of discovered music thanks to Carson Daly. I was on the TRL countdown waiting for those world premieres (laughs) after school. So he was my gateway to new music. But what what have you seen as far as our behaviors these days with music discovery? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, obviously, now it's, it's very algorithmic and consumption driven. So you join a streaming service that, that is very well packaged and has an, you know, catalog of everything that you can have at your fingertips. And then I think it starts indexing to what you listen to. And like, if you, 
you know, I, I kind of am an interesting test candidate because I have Spotify as my like end all be all for everything I listen to, but I use Apple Music for certain things. But yeah. but I what I've noticed is Apple starts honing in very specifically to things that I listen to on Apple Music. So it's like over indexing. It thinks I'm a more narrow music listener than I actually am. Uh, so I so I think like in terms of your question about like how is our consumption, it's like we consume music just like everything out of what's the most convenient. And I and I think consuming music digitally and on streaming for most people is very convenient, is presents a very, very straightforward approach to adding things to your library, start discovering things, getting daily mixes. What are your kind of like habits and what do you do during the course of a day? So it makes sense. It's it's, it's completely like indicative of the time we live in. People that kind of like explore like buying their first record player and buying records for the first time. I mean that you're almost like introducing an entire entirely alternate universe to how you consume music. And I think about it in terms of how people want to engage in experiences throughout their day to break up kind of the monotony. And vinyl is a very interesting format to where if you really like embrace it it can function as like background music and total vibe but there's other like but i think there's like other albums that are very deserving of hey let's consume this as its thing we're not going to have like the television on we're not going to have screens like we're not going to be like scrolling through instagram we're going to literally sit here and listen to this record like people used to do that it is still a very fun pastime, very kind of like charming and romantic. I, I think there's like people definitely like embracing that, especially like the younger, the younger crowd that has always had a screen in their hand. Such yeah. such a, like a delightful excuse to put it down and not have that for a moment. Like yeah. I'm not saying like to throw away your cell phone or like, you know, there, I know there's a trend to like go back to kind of flip phones or whatnot, but <laughs> Yeah, I'm more about just like creating space for things that that can add value to your experience, whether that's a daily routine or just some new pastime that I don't know, just brings you more joy. Yeah, I love what you said about just how we can create a different vibe, because I know when I'm like in work mode or I'm trying to do something, I'm trying to set the vibe. I'm always shuffling through Spotify and getting distracted. And I don't really get in that, you know, that that zone. <laughs> it's hard to get in the yeah. zone when you're when you have so much choice and it's right at your fingertips and you can change it and you can jump from playlist to playlist. And I think there's something to be said about vinyl and, and how it can set that tone and just give you a little bit of peace to know that okay, that record's going to play for probably about 40 minutes or so and I'm going to listen to something yeah. new and it's going to be refreshing and different. So, you're right, it is a way to disconnect. I never really thought about that aspect of it really interesting yeah i think it's like if you give it the space that you know previous generations maybe uh, it wasn't an intentional thing it was just there wasn't all this inherent technology and everything we do there's like tremendous value in all this technology we have like don't get me wrong like my company wouldn't exist without it and i wouldn't be able to know who the customer is before they walk into the record store but at the same time it's like the product we're delivering is intentionally designed to allow you an opportunity for space so and if it's music how how interesting and compelling is that because like i find myself when i'm in uh, listening to music on a device i'm constantly getting distracted with a push notification or some other app that's calling my attention and taking me out of the experience of what 
like the the poor the poor songwriter the poor performer who created this like three minute masterpiece and me getting sucked out of it at 30 seconds in it's like yeah. oh it's so lame <laughs> let, <laughs> you gotta let give me just it have moment. yeah 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 even if it's just background it's like the uninterruption of it is so mm -hmm. huge for me to just have it on a physical format yeah and i think another benefit of it too is compared to just listening on your computer a vinyl record is a spectacle it's easier to share it with other people who may walk in the room or for them to walk over to your record player and fumble through and, and look at the the records that you have versus just having everything playing digitally from your computer so i love that you're helping it's such a conversation starter yeah, yeah it's, it's such a conversation starter when you have a it, you know it doesn't matter if you have five records or 200 plus collection and ikea calyx shelves you know throughout your living room it's still just like some it's it, it's universally magnetizing to go over to someone's record collection and like peruse what they have yes and it, it you can't you can't just opt out you are emotionally drawn to it and you want to engage with it and you want to discuss what is this like what can we listen to this next yeah i love i love that especially because we would have no idea what it is half the time mm -hmm. but you put it on you listen to it and it and now you have this whole other tan tangent of discussion and dialogue around art and content and you know intention that's so true yeah there's a story behind every every song every record i'm sure and yeah i love how it sparks conversations for me, I love to make an experience out of going to record shops when I travel. So me and my husband, whenever, yeah. especially when we go to other countries, like I was in London in November and we found this record store where they had the Backstreet Boys very first single. <laughs> it was on a CD, Incredible. it wasn't a record, but we, we especially love to make it an experience when we travel. So yeah, any opportunity. I'm usually a music encyclopedia, but what's the what was the Backstreet Boys first single? <laughs> We've got it going on. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Is that a Max Martin original or is it someone uh, else? I believe so. Yeah. Actually, yeah. He gosh, okay. he is such a hit maker for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't their right. like best performing though. I mean, it was a Max Martin song, but it didn't chart how they expected. It didn't turn to gold immediately, but I think they turned out okay. Mm. But surprising for Max okay. Martin, right? <laughs> That's so cool, though. I mean, like, what, I love finding those like gems. I I have found some like interesting stuff on my record store adventures as well. I I will always go to the the local record store when I'm in a a different town. There's just been some really cool shops that I've come along that have I think have like come out of the pandemic almost. Like I didn't yeah. these were not around. Like, but but people like will open a record store and mm -hmm. just have like these really cool places to discover things that. You know, what a great use of space. What a great use of space. What a great use of a business to like allow people to come in and like some of the coolest record stores are like multifaceted. So you have obviously like finding something cool musically, but they've got, you know, either a coffee shop or a bar or something. And that just like dials it up to a new level. For sure. Yeah. And speaking of the pandemic, if I could give Taylor Swift a plug, I'm sure you heard over the <laughs> pandemic when she released Folklore, that was like her pandemic surprise album. I want to say it was yep. a thousand albums that she, maybe more, she autographed a thousand vinyl records and sent them, mm -hmm. mailed them to these record stores to help them promote mm -hmm. their business. I thought that was just such a, a nice move and a great thing to see of how she. She's always, I mean, she, Taylor's always a class act. She yeah. always is like coming through and, and like, I mean, she's, she had that incredible Midnight's release end of oh. last year that moved so many units. 
yeah literally broke <laughs> broke the uh, the industry manufacturing side of things for yeah. a lot of us but if you can do it, <laughs> good on you. He's got the power. I mean, she had like four different versions or more of the same album with different covers. And I don't know if you saw, you could actually buy all four and, and the backs would form like a clock that you could hang on your wall for like midnight. Oh, cool. No, yeah. I miss. I somehow missed that. I knew there was like multiple different covers and stuff. I yeah, you had to collect them all. Being it was like super collector. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, that's another fun aspect of it is just being able to collect like I think one day you look up and you're like, man, I have a lot of vinyl <laughs> vinyl records. I suddenly have a collection. It's really fun to see. Yeah, so, yeah, it is. It is cool. It just kind of creeps up on you, yes. like collect, <laughs> collecting records. Like all of a sudden, you're like, when did I acquire 500 records? Yeah. And do I need to purge these? Do because it, 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 it all comes to it to to a, to an impasse when you've got to move or you need to like change yeah. the space for some other use. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, maybe you could always you know, you could always trade them with friends and do like a little exchange. Yeah, vinyl swap. I love yeah. it's, it's always a fun pat. Yeah, it's a good it's a great gift. I mean, yeah, just gifting records to people is like so charming. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about subscriptions because vinyl is a subscription model. So why do you yeah. think this works well for vinyl? And, and did you immediately know it was going to be subscription based? Like what led you down this path? That's a great question. I, I thought that subscription made for a good model for this. I don't think it works for everything, but I think it works for the business of VNYL in particular, because you want to take someone on a journey and one month and we're done like doesn't really give us enough kind of relationship time you know we get it sometimes we send you a month and like we you don't want to date us anymore so the breakup has to happen but like we're in it for like a longer haul than just like one shipment of records we think it's really interesting to at least maybe maybe three months of some some fun times together and some some albums hitting your door is a good a good way to do it. So subscription is like an easy vehicle for us to do it. People understand it that way. There's a lot of businesses that try to brute force a subscription model into what they're doing. Yeah. But for but for us, it's like always made a ton of sense and it keeps people engaged and coming back and getting to consistently kind of navigate and choose their vibe and give us feedback on what we're sending. And so yeah, I think it I think it really does work for for what we've been doing. Yeah, I love it. And I think another great benefit of the subscription model is from a user generated content standpoint, like people get that delivery, <laughs> they want to show them unboxing it, they want to share it. So that leads me to my next yeah. question is how have creators and influencers or even just your customers who love the brand and want to share it? How have they helped grow VNYL? Yeah, the the engagement has been really really quite interesting. I mean, when we started the word influencer really wasn't a thing and that was just starting like to become I guess like an, un, we knew unboxings were a thing and that people would like go to YouTube and I want to say like Instagram was still video in its infancy. Yeah. But as what that started to this? happen, I Yeah. I don't this is like 2014 15. Gotcha. I would say like by the end of 2015 unboxing was a thing, but influencer really didn't become a thing until like 2016 2017 and then it just is like obviously exploded and now everybody's yeah. an influencer <laughs> of some sort, right? Like if you have if you're on social media, 
it's hard to say that where does it, an influencer begin and where it's where does it not and it's not really a follower count anymore yeah so for us like i think we just keep moving to where the audience is and so for us we came up in the age of instagram and youtube and whatnot but then like there's been this dramatic shift where you know you have this entirely new audience that's even more engaged about record collecting on TikTok. And so that's oh, yeah. been like fascinating because it's almost like we weren't even talking to them for for the first little bit there. And then like last year, we have made a, a really concerted effort to engage with that community there and not even from like our own account. It's just simply like we love connecting with people that are collecting records and showing off what they got and whether it's like showing off your haul or or really digging deep on like a record that you got from us, like that's been so interesting to see, especially when you're dealing with like a format that's so short, you know, because yeah. like YouTube, you could always like spread out quite a bit. You could put post these like 10 minute long reviews where you go in or the, where the, the customer or the listener would go into great detail about what we had sent them and like what we had written in the note. Whereas this is like, it's a little bit quicker and snappier, but I think it's like, it's just as engaging, just as fun. For so, sure. And, and, and we continue to like really re have these relationships with people that, you know, um, I, we actually make an effort to like find people that would be great customers. And I would say half the time they've never, they don't even own a record player and they've never <laughs> even thought about it before. But yeah. then you kind of show them this world and they're like, wait, what is this? It's a very inexpensive hobby. So I'm mm -hmm. going to try That's this out. True. Yeah, and that bright pink box. I mean, you can't miss it. I think even just the way you've branded everything is is really well done. I love to share some of these stats that that you shared with me that there that we've had 17 consecutive years of vinyl growth. So 43.46 million vinyl albums were sold in 22, which was 2022, which was up 4.2% from 41.72 million in 2021. And yes, 2022 was the 17th consecutive year vinyl album sales grew in the US. So it yeah. is here to say we'll go for 18, 18 consecutive years. <laughs> there, are there are people I spoke to back in 2014, 2015 that thought I was an absolute nutcase starting a vinyl record subscription service and thought I had like really gone off my rocker and doing that i even remember like talking about it in an early interview about you know i didn't know if this was like a five-year thing or if this was going to go for longer but i don't know it's the embrace of buying records has been very dramatic and you have an entire ecosystem you have like people buying their first 30 40 player yeah. Go buying buying records from these retailers that haven't sold vinyl in probably 30, 40 years. It's fascinating. You know, and 45, let's be honest, like 42 million copies of aggregate of all these records is not, that's a lot of units, obviously, but not anywhere near where it was back in like the 80s when vinyl was the thing, the yeah. CD. But I still think, I mean, like the growth has been fascinating. It's allowed for so many kind of businesses to exist so many artists to explore whether they deem it merch or they deem it as a way to help a new fan discover their amazing work product like it is it's here it's here i don't think it's i don't think it definitely don't think it's going anywhere i don't know if the growth trajectory will continue to be as dramatic as it's been but it's like i there's new presses pressing plants opening all the time yeah. <laughs> so it's mm -hmm. like i don't think it's going anywhere for a yeah. minute 
Well, good for you for pursuing this idea. I think a lot of great entrepreneur stories start with people telling them that they're crazy, but you had this this big idea and you knew it could work and you believed in it. And I think that in itself is a really great lesson. And thank you. Yeah. And and one other thing I just love about vinyl records too that I think is unique is even the record itself is so often beautiful. Like you can get like different colors and you can even display that in itself. So it's just a 10 out of 10 experience. And even comparing that to buying CDs where every CD kind of looks kind of looks the same. There's, you know, a little decal over it, but they're not as beautiful as hanging up a, a record or framing it with the with the sleeve. So yeah, it's a lot of fun. Even yeah. as the customer. I think that's been like the, the biggest interesting innovation of the age and this age of vinyl records is this this you know the variant like black is almost like not exciting anymore so yeah. what color are you going to put this record out on i we wouldn't even like think of putting a record out on standard black if it's something that we're like helping the artist produce like it's just so much more visually appealing yeah to have it in an interesting color and like i there was some stat i was reading where it's like half of vinyl collectors don't even own a record player so it's like <laughs> it makes total sense it makes total sense like of course you want to have it in a certain color because you're not planning on playing it. You just yeah. want to have it for the, exactly. for the art. It's just a, another excuse to, to have another version of that same album. I've seen even some Britney Spears vinyls. There's like a pink one and then a blue one and then a clear one. I'm like, gosh, I'm going to need, I'm going to need all of these. <laughs> <laughs> like, what have you done? <laughs> so maybe it's not such an inexpensive hobby when we, when we make 10 versions of the same, of the same record and, you can't resist, but <laughs> I mean, that's fair. That's fair. What was it? What was it? What was it historically? Like if they had only been so smart to do that in the age of CDs, like there was like, obviously like CDs and then like deluxe editions or like digit packs or whatnot, but yeah. nowhere near what we're leveraging vinyl for in terms of the multiple formats that they're putting. Yeah, for sure. For sure. We've smartened up all the, all the marketers are like, let's try this. And, and we as consumers <laughs> are ready to ready to buy it. So I'd like to know what have been some other marketing strategies that have worked well for you in growing this business? And, and what would you say is your biggest marketing challenge right now? Oh, interesting. Yeah. I mean, I would say because we've been around long enough, we've seen the, the ecosystem of social media change dramatically. I would say it was like when we started off, video advertising was, was early and fresh and inexpensive. and then. It's like there was a huge influx of D2C brands and, and Shopify e-commerce brands that spun up in the last five years and really have like absorbed all this, this ad inventory from Meta or these other platforms. And so we just kind of like keep shifting and pivoting to things that are unexplored or ways that are unexpected, which I think we were always doing that. It's just it's fun to keep it fresh you know, as, as things get saturated. Yeah. It's not really that fun anymore. So like in terms of like marketing challenges, it is, I, I would say it's like challenge is maybe not the right word for it. It's just always an exploration for us as to what we're going to try next and see what stick. We've done like outdoor digital billboard ads. We've done, we've done radio. We've done like things that are just like atypical. It's like as, as the audience kind of like moves or when I say audience, I mean like these businesses move to maximize a platform that can deliver them customers, we kind of see ourselves 
being like, okay, what about over here? Oh, you guys all kind of, I mean, like we all kind of forgot about this. This was interesting. Like, let's try this. No one's using this now. So I think you can continue to see us do that for helping to discover new customers or helping new customers explore. There's, there's a lot of like interesting in spaces where because our customer continues to kind of like get young, not younger, but there's like always new customers that are coming into music early. And these customers obviously were very too young to have like probably thought about a record collection or buying a record player when we started. But now they're like, what do they spend their day on? They're like on TikTok all the time. They have, they're, they're kind of like a little bit more technologically thoughtful, I think, about how they're spending their time. So, so like we want to engage with them where they're expend like where they're spending their time that is not like technology based. Interesting. So, yeah, just like thinking about things that like allow us to play, or or talk to them in a way that isn't like service servicing up yet another digital ad. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, but yet still meeting them where they are. That's really interesting. Yeah, uh- and we try and we try so much stuff, and like sometimes it sticks, sometimes it doesn't. But like we're not bashful about being like, oh, that was a fun experiment, but we really, we don't know if it's going to, if it's paid off yet and let's go try something else while we kind of like let this simmer. So I love that philosophy, just experimenting, never getting too comfortable, trying new things. I think that's a great way to, to grow a business. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. I know you also wanted to share some ways that listeners can support artists I think this is refreshing to hear, you know, growing up from our Napster and LimeWire days where we used to rip off (laughs) artists and download music. (laughs) There's a lot of different ways that we can support artists and new musicians there. So what would you like to add about that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's something I'm very passionate about just because the business of music has never really been about servicing the creators there's like no shortage of tools to create great content there's no shortage of platforms to release that finished masterwork onto but at the end of the day i think like there's just like not enough education about where the money goes and it's still all so opaque Mm -hmm. and frustratingly so as somebody that like creates art how, how am i going to monetize this like it shouldn't be so hard to understand and to the consumer to your point earlier about like you know hey we we ripped off all this music with napster and limewire i don't like ever like look at the customer and say oh yeah the customer is at fault at this it's like no the customer didn't know doesn't know how the system works and how things get bought and sold in the in the music business they're just doing this out of pure convenience and we didn't adapt fast enough as an industry to make it the most convenient option to pay for it and i think you know, Apple obviously solved for that in the age of the iPod and 99 cent downloads. But even now, like we're, we're, (laughs) yeah, totally. You don't need a hundred thousand songs in your pocket, but it sounds like a good idea. Um, And it's like, even, even now you have like the streaming services. Again, we're back to this opaque kind of understanding of like, okay, you, so you mean to tell me that I, every time someone streams my song, I'm going to make like 0.00, three to five cents off of that and to make a dollar i basically need to do a thousand that a thousand times whereas if i just had sold the customer a download it would have been you know 70 cents in my pocket i i hate how like opaque all this is and like no one can really tell you exactly how it goes and so like you know kind of coming full circle i think 
any way you can support the artist to where you know, hands down, that your money is going from your hands with the least amount of hops into the artist's pocket is very refreshing and compelling. Final is like, is in this ecosystem of like supporting the artists. Like we have these incredibly fair like rights deals that we do with artists on just their records. Like we aren't trying to be greedy and like scoop into their digital revenues and this kind of stuff. It's like, nope, we would like to pay you to put your record out in a physical format and help you find new fans. That's what the record label should always been about. But for whatever reason, probably greed, it doesn't really go that way oftentimes. Yeah. And like- other than like our own platform, it's like you've got things like Bandcamp, you have these like self-service download platforms where, you know, hey, if I spend a dollar and I download this piece of music or I pay the artist 20 bucks to buy their record, it's not going through like 18 different hops and like the artist doesn't see that money for like 180 days. It's like, yeah. no, it's like literally in their PayPal account like right away. So like I know it's more effort and I know it's like a little bit more you know, work to to do that exercise at the moment. But it is like, it does continue to support great art and things that you believe in. And I think that's really important. Like we, I, we, I mean, we grew up in an age where it was never transparent. Like yeah. you know, the, the Backstreet Boys were not getting, you know, those royalty checks were, even if they were massive, they were still yeah. like hugely delayed from when the money was actually, you know, generated. So well, this could be a whole sidebar, but I don't know if you know the Backstreet Boys story and how their their creator, their manager, Lou Pearlman, completely robbed them of thousands bits, of dollars. Bits and, and pieces. Yeah, yeah. They t- they took him to court, they sued him, he was involved in this whole Ponzi scheme. So they got even less. Mm. <laughs> mm. But it's great to see how far we've come for as far as doing right by artists and wanting to support them financially and, and you know, appreciate their art a little bit more. And I love your philosophy on that and how you're leading the way with that at VNYL. Yeah, I would say I would say we're doing like we're, we're trying to do our part. We really do like have a general concern for the artists and the people that create great work and allowing them to not have to be experts in how that money comes from the customer into their, their pocket like you shouldn't have to be an expert in that yeah. we should we should create storefronts that allow that to happen organically and just just very directly from the creator to the to the customer so i think the internet has enabled that tremendously but it still is like exceedingly frustrating to exist in a music in music as a business vertical mm-hmm. where it's still not it's still not fixed it's still ultimately kind of the same thing repackaged and the only way we change it is by being more thoughtful with how our money goes from one from our pocket into the artist's pocket i'm so glad we touched on that because i admire that so much and it makes me love this company even more and everything that you stand for and hopefully people who are listening feel the same way because i know that you recently moved your operation to St. Louis, Missouri, and you may be looking for some people to help you grow it? Yeah, for sure. We, we were on the West Coast for quite some time. And then in the pandemic, I thought it would be an interesting experiment. You know, speaking of some of the stuff we talked about prior, why, would, why wouldn't we try a different centralized location to make it faster and more efficient to get to all of our, our customers in, you know, predominantly in the States, like, now all the records shipping out of you know the middle of the country, it gets everywhere within like two to three days, which is yeah. phenomenal. Like That's before, so it was like I always <laughs> felt bad for those customers on the 
like all these customers on the East Coast, like it'd be like a week before their order would show up. Yeah, I'm here in Florida. <laughs> this sucks. I feel your pain, but so yeah. so that seems to be like fixed. And so yeah, like you you brought up something great. Like we're looking to grow this team in a different part of the world, and where there's not a lot of music business stuff going on here, other than like, like don't get me wrong, there's like like live and stuff. But yeah, like if you want to work for a music tech company, yeah. <laughs> you're in the middle of the you're in the middle of the country. Please let let us know you're out there. We'd love to talk to you. That sounds great. What kind of roles specifically do you have in in mind? Are you looking for people who can help with marketing or some other types of? Uh, oh man, Mar- marketing is an easy one. I always am a big fan of kind of putting the band together based on the strengths of the people that are at the table. So yeah. none of us wear just like singular hat. So it's like what you know, D- DM me or DM the vinyl account on Twitter or Instagram or TikTok and tell us like, hey, I'm really good at this. Like, this is like my superpower. This is what I know how to do. That goes so far. Like, like we, we post post job postings and like try to bucket things, but it's much more compelling. People are not that one-sided. Like there's interests in different things and you might not even be an expert in a certain subject matter, but man, we'd love to talk to you if you're just passionate about music and you want to contribute to something interesting, mm-hmm. especially with us kind of playing in the ecosystem we do. Like it, it's just like so fun and interest and and compelling to work with these customers and curate music for them and like help them explore new artists in an interesting way. Like what could you contribute to that? What are your what's the idea that would be like, oh man, we would love to turn you loose and let you run with that. What a great approach. Instead of trying to make people fit a certain mold, you're playing to their strengths. And I think everybody wins when you do that. So I will link yeah, for sure. your your socials and your LinkedIn and your website, vnyl.org. Is there anything else that we didn't cover today that you'd like to share about VNYL? No, we're, we're playing. We're playing around with this interesting. We just acquired this company called Discover Together, and it's this really, really interesting experiment in what happens if you take two streaming users and merge their accounts together to generate a playlist. So, I will tweet out when this episode goes live on my Twitter account, like my personal Twitter account a link where you can make a playlist with me. And I'd love to just see like what we would listen to together just as a fun <laughs> experiment. We don't know where we're, where this is going to go yet, but yeah, it was too, too fun and charming of an idea to kind of pass up. And so I would love to experiment with some of your, your listeners and see if we, we see if we're musically compatible. I was just going to say, yeah, it's like music matchmaking a little bit. <laughs> yeah, really yeah, cool. yeah. So so maybe we're going to launch a dating service. Who knows? Yeah, 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 exactly, <laughs> exactly. Dream big, right? <laughs> hey, I think a big part of choosing a, a partner is making sure that your music tastes align or you at least have things to talk about and you can in- introduce each other to different genres and have Indeed. conversations that way. So. well thank you so much this was incredible like i said i'm a huge fan of your company and i'm excited to see where you take it next and who knows maybe some people listening will circle back with us in a year and we'll we'll be a part of the part of the family and we'll have helped take it to (laughs) even higher heights so thank you so much for telling us more about it today yeah, thank you so much, Brianna. Appreciate being on your 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 podcast, and so looking forward to the the conversations that come from from you know not just you and I, but 
you know, who else is out there that is interested in these ideas and we can connect with. Yes. If you're listening, go get a membership, treat yourself to the gift of new music every month on your doorstep. You deserve it. Again, thanks, Nick. Thank you. Bye. If you're a fan of this podcast, be sure to subscribe or better yet, leave a review. For marketing wisdom with a pop culture twist sent straight to your inbox, sign up for my newsletter at briannefleming.com slash newsletter or find me on Twitter at Brianne2K. As always, thanks for listening.